Hello and welcome to the Men Able Matters podcast, brought to you by the Men Able Movement. I'm Steve Whitten, the founder of Men Able, and it's our intention to bring you hints, tips and the inside stories from our fabulous guests to help you to understand mental health and to get the global automotive industry talking about it as an everyday subject. So join us with another fantastic guest here on Men Able Matters. Hello. <laughs> you can't do it now, can you? <laughs> no, I can't. No, that's what, that's what made me giggle. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Men Able Matters with me, Steve Whitten. Now, my guest this time is one of our most prolific and reasonably new ambassadors to the movement. Uh, so as part of the uh, process of showcasing who they are and telling us a little bit about their life and their work and stuff, uh, it's my absolute pleasure to introduce James Herbert. James, how are you, sir? I'm not bad, thanks, Steve. How are you? Yeah, yeah I'm good. I'm good. And I deliberately d- tried to avoid the hello bit at the hello. beginning because James has pointed out that from the film Labyrinth from the 80s, there was a little, I don't know what he, what, what he was. Was he a worm or something? Yeah, like a little worm sat on a wall. And uh, was it Jennifer Connelly sat on the, uh, down the wall and he go, hello. And she's like looking around. And he said, did you say hello? Like, no, I said hello, but that's close enough. That's exactly <laughs> what you sound like. You, yes, you commented a few weeks ago that I sound just like that. So, so just for James's benefit and for the anyone who's a fan of Labyrinth, hello, how was that? <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. So, James, in good old-fashioned Men Able Matters style, uh, do us a favour and introduce yourself, if you don't mind. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from and what you do, and, uh, and we'll pick up from there. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm James, a commercial service advisor, which basically means I just look after people's vans when they're in and broken down, things like that. Um, I've been in motor trade since I was 16, so mm-hmm. straight out of school. Uh, I literally picked the uh, motor trade out of a hat for my sins. Um, could have gone into anything else, but it seemed all right at the time. Um, yeah, I started as an apprentice technician, uh, gradually worked my way through, um, became an MOT tester, carried on training, um, into sort of being a service advisor, doing team leading and uh, management courses, things like that. So right, right. been at it about 13 years now. So Yeah, cool. And I think you and I first met on a management course, didn't we, with uh, the, the particular brand that you work for. I was it, running their uh, management program. It was absolutely, yeah. Um, the uh, focus on leadership training. Yeah. Um, I think you, you started off that big presentation. I think uh, you, your lad were there as well. Right? Yeah, me and Matt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that, that was, I think, about 2019. It was, yeah. That was in the days when things were kind of normal. <laughs> yeah, when you could go and visit the academy and sit in a studio and full of people. And... Sit next to strangers and, and talk to people, yeah. Yeah, yeah weird. <laughs> Don't do that anymore. Yeah, no, exactly. So you joined us as an ambassador. If uh, I mean, it's what, August now, so we're talking... I think it was February. Was it really? Yeah, I think it was February. Oh, okay, cool. All right. So tell us a bit more then about what drew you to becoming a, a Men Able ambassador then. And I know that you've got some some stuff of your own that you can share. Yeah. Um, so the most recent thing that happened that sort of really kicked it in was, uh, well, I was following you on LinkedIn off the back of that course. Um, and then I started seeing some of the stuff you posted, um, you know, in your garden, I think it were, weren't it? The, uh, <laughs> and then swatting the hat videos and things like that. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, I got told to drop those. 
<laughs> yeah, fair enough. I got advised <laughs> that it wasn't wasn't the most sensible thing for a professional to be doing. <laughs> well, you still post the videos and it's still good to be fair. I can still be a, but just not in the hat. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so the most recent thing that kicked it was um, where I worked, there was actually a guy who took his own life. Right. Um, it was one of those classic, you never see it coming. He's not the sort of guy to do it. Um, and then that sort of made me think, you know, I've, I've got a lot of stuff in my own life that's gone on um, hell of a lot right the way from growing up. And I touched on it with you before that um, as a kid, um, I was in, well, uh, I had one of those sort of childhoods that you'd wish you'd never had. Um, so growing up, you, you know, you look to your parents for sort of like role model figures, things like that. Um, and in effect, in truth, that is what I got, but in the total reverse. Um, so it, I kind of put it right words without sounding like an absolute ass. But um, so my dad used to take out his anger on me. Right. Um, didn't like the way I looked because I looked too much like my mother's side of the family. Mm. Um, so if anything went wrong with him or if I was a bad lad, you know, is it from a young age, it was, you know, clipped at backside, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, as I got progressively older, that then got progressively worse. Um, you know, the last time I eventually, uh, well, last time was when I was 18. He uh, took a parrot perch to me. Um, and at that point, I moved out of uh, home and went to uh, go and live with my mum that I'd not really seen for years because she sort of just left. Mm. Um, and off the back of that, it was constant living in fear and that I'm not good enough. And my brother was not, not completely opposite, but sort of like... Um, <laughs> my brother sort of mirrors my dad in the way that um he, he's taller he looks like him he acts like him talks like him so it was sort of like it was almost like he was favorite and because i was getting a lot of the uh, stick from him, uh, quite literally in some cases um then it sort of made me feel like i weren't good enough mm. so when i say that i got the role model in reverse it meant that i've got this perfect example of how not to be so i spent my life trying to be better and trying to be uh, you know good at what I was doing um which leading into my work life has done me all right mm -hmm. um but it's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword if you like so in one respect I'm like what can I do to be better what sort of new training or um things can I do to further my career and uh, make people look up to me but at the same time always having this underlying fear of not being good enough or why can't I get the respect to these people? Um, you know, it's really hard to describe. It's I'm trying to think of the right words without going silent here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you're just basically constantly chasing the next step. So at the minute I'm looking towards um, management and things like that. But mm -hmm. I know the second I get to that chair, if I don't find something else to progress to, I'm going to start falling back. Mm. And I'm mm. going to be thinking, well, what's the point? This can't be it. This, And I'm constantly putting myself down 
unless I've got something to work towards. So what, James, what's driving that then, do you think? Because, I mean, clearly, you know, you talk openly there about the mm. way you were treated by your dad, mm. um, you know, and you've got this kind of desire for betterment and, and you know, and I know that you're a bit of a people pleaser as well. I think that might oh, have absolutely. been the, the kind of phrase you were looking for. But what, yeah. what, what's, what's driving you on? You know, what is it that makes you say you're going to get in that next chair and then you're immediately going to be going, right, what's next? What, what do you think that is? I think it's to prove a point. Right. Um, okay, I get that. You know, um, mm-hmm. and like I said, because I've always been sort of like, you're no, it's, you're no good. Um, you, you're never going to make anything of your life. It's always like, I'm, and then again, going into the apprenticeship, you've got mm-hmm. the whole, you know, the crap from the other guys, you know, you're, you're the bitch, you know, all that lot. Um, and even now I still get, uh, crap from the guys because I was the apprentice in the same place. Right. So I'm trying to get. Is I'm, that what I'm, they call banter? Yeah, I think that's what they call banter. Yeah. yeah which okay. We well, might of, come back to that. <laughs> we please because I've got good points on that one. Okay. Um, cool. Um. Yeah. So it's it's like at which level do I have to get to to be able to get that respect or mm-hmm. uh, for people to look at me and think, yeah, he's not a guy to be messing about. He's you know he's actually quite serious. Mm. You know. Um. So, yeah, and as you say, I'm a people pleaser. So if I don't, you know, if I'm not getting on with someone, it really affects me, like, quite badly. Yeah. If, if I think I've upset somebody and I haven't meant to, then it knocks me for six. Yeah. Well, mate, listen, I'll tell you what. I mean, we we would normally, I'd normally hold this comment until right at the end, but you mentioned there about what level do you need to get to to earn respect. Um, you've got that in spades from us. You yeah. Know, with with you. what you do for us. I was talking to our management team today. Um, and you know, you, you are out there in terms of, of the first name that we think of when we think of our ambassadors, you, you're posting stuff all the time and, and I, and I get it now because that's all part of the proving a point thing, I, yeah. I think, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's like, I need to jump up and down. I need to make the right noises. I need the right people to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's starting to happen. You know, yeah. that, that is happening. So I've got to, I've got to admit it, it does have a, a selfish element to it. I want to further myself, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there is a genuine reason and yeah. doing it for the right reasons, but there's always going to be that selfish reason in the background that, yeah, you need to be better. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know, I mean, this might be touchy for you, but I mean, clearly your dad chose to, you know, deal with you in a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. Did you ever, have you ever, or since then stopped and, and wondered or thought about why he behaved in that way? What, what was going on for him? Funnily enough, yeah, um, I actually thought about it um, the other day in the car, I, listening to your other podcast with other people, stuff they've been through, and I thought, you know, I'll have a think about it. And to be fair, he lost his dad at 13, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think he ever really got over it, never had counselling. It was like 40 years ago, something like that now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he, he did, did have his own stuff. He was going through a divorce when I was a kid. Uh, he met someone else and went through another divorce met someone else and uh, sort of moving in with her. Um, there was money troubles all the time. Um, but at the same time, while they did have all that going on, there's just no excuse, you know? Um, it, it's not a reason to take it out on your kids. Like you, You're supposed to be protecting them. Mm-hmm. Not you, Your kids aren't supposed to bring themselves up, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's not it, necessarily what you would call learnt behaviour then, if he lost his dad that, that age. It's not no. like he sort of learnt that behaviour from someone else. No, no, I think he, he he was always, I think he got the belt. He was of that sort of generation that got the mm. belt if they were doing something bad. So he, he would have got that at a young age and then mm-hmm. 
he'd have just carried on into his later life without being told that's not the way to do things. Yeah, yeah. So here you are now uh, mm. in your career and you're doing really well. Thank you. <laughs> Trying. And uh, well, the reason I say that is because I know that, that, you know, you are posting stuff regularly and you're doing quite a lot of stuff sort of on behalf of us, which is brilliant as an ambassador. Yeah. And and particularly today, uh, you did a, uh, a post um, using the analogy of an oil leak, which I thought was, that was pretty bloody inspired, actually, because I thought, why hadn't I thought of that? <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a bit about that, because I mean, that's that, as you, you said before we started recording, that that clearly touched a nerve and it resonated. You know, because I think most people can get the analogy. Yeah, well, that's it. My phone has been going mental all bleeding day. Oh, wow, uh, right, okay. P- pings, obviously, you've shared it. The, uh, the Menable in uh, UK, the USA and Australia have all shared it. I've had other ambassadors share it. I posted it on a forum at, uh, for the work. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, loads of people commenting on it. So again, I was listening to your podcast and just taking on board what everyone else was saying because the these guys you've been having on seem to really have it together. Um, so basically the concept I came up with was that um, mental health is like an oil leak mm-hmm. on a car. So if you have someone um, come in with an oil leak for a car, you go, right, I've got an oil leak, how do I fix it? You don't have this initial sort of like, oh, well, it's that. You, you've got to ask questions. So relating it to the car, you've got how bad is it? Where is it coming from? Uh, are you having to top up regular? Um, can you see anything on your drive? But if you then relate that back to mental health, you've, you've got a few things you've got to think about. Um, if someone if someone's mental health is like that oil leak, so you think of the person as the car and they are dripping oil and that is their uh, mental health, state of health. So you're not always going to see just by looking how bad that is mm. um you might not see it at all it could be internal it could be external um and unless you're asking people the right questions you know how are you what are you up to how how's you been uh you know things like that you, you're never going to know how bad that is so i so said what you've basically got to do is keep topping that oil up doing things that you enjoy doing you know i don't know going for walks or recording podcasts whatever mm. um and then and then there is people out there, not a mechanic, obviously, but like a you know counselors, things like that, that you can talk to to fix that leak. And that's basically what I came up with. Yeah, yeah, the brilliant analogy, and I think you know, clearly because we're focused on the automotive industry, most people mm. get the concept of an oil leak. You yeah. know, we experienced it. If you've <laughs> if you've ever driven a car, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, and and it's a brilliant analogy because you're absolutely spot on. It's about finding the the source of of that leak yeah exactly and if if you were to continue with that leak without getting help mm. eventually you're going to run out of oil you're going yeah, to burn yeah. out and drive yourself to destruction yeah the only thing i would say is that um what what we have a tendency to do in our industry is that because we're a diagnostic and fix it business yeah. then you know our both of us just then our instinct was find the source of the leak and fix it well it's about stopping that leak from happening altogether isn't it, it yeah and, it's about prevention, isn't it? Yeah, it's about awareness and education and prevention. And that's, yeah. those are the three pillars of, of Men Able. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, forgive me, they're using the leak analogy <laughs> still, but uh, would you say, because I know that, you know, what you've described has cr- created some anxieties in you. Do you think you have, have kind of found the source of your 
your leak. I mean, it'd be very easy to assume that that's, you know, the relationship you have with your dad, but is there yeah. more to it? I mean, I don't know if it's a source of the leak. Um, I think it's, I'm not going to lie, it's very well embedded now. I'm not mm-hmm. even sure. I've never had counselling. Um, I am starting to think it's a good idea because I have a lot of anxieties and they're becoming OCDs. Right. Um, so, like, such as, well, again, other things that have um, caused me trauma throughout my life, just little things, um, caused me to do daft little things. Like, I put cameras up on my house because someone knocked at my door the other day asking for money. Uh, for cleaning my windows and I'd never seen them before never cleaned my windows so it made me anxious because a few years ago um, I had my car wrecked on my drive like three or four times mm-hmm. and what I used to do uh, when I was younger was sit up at night look, watching the cameras I couldn't sleep because I was uh, looking at the cameras that's starting to come back around again because mm-hmm. I've put cameras up and I'm starting to look at them at night and it pings I'm like oh what's that what's that and a, a moth flew past the camera last night and <laughs> pinged and uh you know, uh, woke me up. And then I can't leave the house now without checking the door three times. Um, so I'll, I'll lock the door. I'll watch myself do it. And I'm literally there for people watching this. It'll be easy. I'm there with the handle. I'll turn it, turn the key and I'm like that. And I'll just keep doing it a couple of times so I can try and embed it in my memory that I've done it. So I've got like a safe knowledge that I've done it. And then I'll drive away. I might get halfway down the street and I'll turn around and come back and double check it again. Wow. Okay. So, so these things like that, the anxieties and stuff like that, that are then becoming compulsive behaviours. So mm-hmm. in truth, I probably do, do need a bit of counselling. Um, you know, we, we I'm sure we all have mad issues like that. Um, but yeah. And you're absolutely right. I mean, every, I think to some extent everyone does have, you know, things that, that you know, become behaviours as a result yeah. of these anxieties and things. Um I mean, yeah, I mean, I've always been an advocate for saying sort of counselling or therapy of some description. Mm. Um, And it sounds like that you, you know, you're at a fairly early stage in kind of identifying, actually, that one, you've recognised this is happening and also that you're identifying kind of what's causing it. Yeah, I think knowing it's there is helping control it. Mm -hmm. If I I just ignored it and hopes it'd go away, I'm sure it'd get worse. But knowing it's there and just trying to take measures not to feel safer. Mm hmm is the biggest thing I think. And what, what's if, what's the effect of this on you sort of in the workplace then? Um, that, that's a hard one. Um, cause my day is a million, a million miles an hour. Um, <laughs> I, I Just remind I, us what your job actually is. So yeah, I'm a service advisor. So right. Yeah. The, 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 probably the toughest job in a car, in a dealership. The front line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. the distressed purchase. I'm the guy who takes your money that you really don't <laughs> want to have your money. You're not getting a shiny object from me. You're getting your car back. Uh, you're getting your keys handed back to you after a day of losing it with a big bill in your hand and nothing to show. And it's in the it. same condition it was when you gave it in. So pretty much because I work with vans, they don't get washed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, my, my days constantly running around like a headless chicken. Mm. Um, but again. It's less the anxieties and more the people pleasing. Well, mm-hmm. kind of guess that is an anxiety. If I don't please a customer or um, if I don't fulfill a promise or anything like that, um, then it affects me personally. It's not like I switch off mm-hmm. um, and go, oh, well, sorry, it's only work. I'm, I'm not like that. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm the most straight talking guy you'll come across at work. And a lot of people like it. Some people don't. I'll say it how it is. Um, and it, you know, it, it tends to work. 
that's the main thing. And I can mm-hmm. get away with it and I can charm people into not being mad. Because yeah. uh, at the end, end of the day, I don't work in a backstreet garage or anything. So that my favourite one to pull when I'm charging someone big bucks or saying, look, you're going to need this or you're going to need that at 500 quid, say. But look, if you don't want to do it, fine. I'm not holding a gun to your head. And I immediately pull out it's a big company. It's not going in my pocket. I'm not here to take your money. It makes no odds to me whether you have it done or not. You do it or don't. And leave it at that. And people seem to appreciate the uh, candidness of it. Yeah. Man, that kind of sort of raw honesty and, and authenticity, isn't it? That you're not yeah. you're not trying to fudge the issue or charge them horrendous amounts of money for no reason. Yeah. I don't get commission. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a salesman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I think the thing is with Vans as well, I think it's um, it's a slightly different audience, isn't it? Because, you know, the, oh, yes. the, the most of those, are, you know, the van is an essential tool of the trade. It needs to be kept mobile. I um, um, I had a point where um, I think I was about 23, just coming into being a senior service advisor, but I had to jack it in because it was too much mm-hmm. um, at the time. Uh, and I always said I would never do Vans, mm-hmm. never, <laughs> because um, they, they're mardy. And they, they just want to gob at you when they're losing money every day. You know, oh, my van's off the road. I'm losing five, six hundred pounds a day. I'm like, sod off. What are you doing? I want your job. Um, <laughs> but um, when when you're working with car customers, what I've tend to realise, it's all, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir. But with vans, you go, nah, mate, it's knackered. That's it. No sugar coating. They're all, <laughs> especially where I am, it's all, all broad Yorkshire. Just tell them how it is. Nah, mate, it's had it. It's naft. Yeah, yeah. No, Do you I want think it fixing? There's most people quite like that, but I'm I'm in the sort of I'm in the yes sir, no sir, three bags, full sir, car kind of category. But aren't you JLR though? Hey, shush! <laughs> Don't make a judgment about that. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes, I, I still have the uh, yes, I still have the Range Rover. Uh, yes. Well, when you drive the... when you drive a blue oval. <laughs> Well, yeah. it's a bit easier to uh, speak to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a number of reasons why I still have the Range Rover, and it's uh, it's it's largely under the umbrella of negative equity. <laughs> <laughs> not for status, absolutely. No, not, not for, for status. status. Status is the thing is the byproduct. Negative yeah. equity is the thing that keeps you in it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, th- I think my next van is uh, my next car, rather, is probably <laughs> going to be uh, a Transit M Sport. It's got to be done. Yeah, they are decent. To be fair. See me in that a black one, more men abled up the side. <laughs> yes, you yes. reckon? Would you reckon? Absolutely, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, like the magical mystery tour bus <laughs> thing for off Scooby Doo. Yes, yes, the uh, men able machine. Hey, <laughs> I like that. I can see it now. Van able. <laughs> <laughs> so, brilliant. um, so you know these, these, you know, you're come back to your sorry, make it serious again, but your anxieties that you talked about then, I mean, do you notice them on a, you know, in the workplace as well? you you know, some of your, you talked about your OCDs and things. I mean, what, uh, um, I can't have, oh, I think this is just saying, I can't have anyone touch my desk at all. Um, right. I won't even let the cleaner clean it. Wow. Uh, Cause I'll have everything where I like it. Mm-hmm. And to anyone looking in from the outside, looking in, it'll look atrocious. But I call it organised chaos. The system, yeah. I know exactly where everything is. But wow, okay. I mean, other than that, I've had to have two screens. Right. Um, I, I was jumping up and down because the service department has the um, sort of like the oldest IT equipment in on firm. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got all these laptops, nice wide screens, and um, 
we we'd got these like horrible little square things um with bad glare and things like that. I'm kicking off like why is admin got all these new laptops to work from home? Why sales got all these computers and we're running 15-year-old gear? Mm-hmm. So I stormed upstairs, got a load of spare monitors and fetched them down, set them up for all the guys on service. I demanded a laptop because I weren't happy with the processing speed of my computer because I'm that geeky, um, as you'll see behind me. Um, so I, I was like, no, I need a better quality computer and I need two screens. I said, it's, it's not to mess about. It's not to play. It's because I'm that quick. My, uh, again, this is going to be more visual but for podcast readers, but like, I'm, my eyes are like that. I'm like, one screen, next screen, one screen, next screen. I'm just all over the place because I'm a million miles an hour all the time. That was left to right if you're listening to this rather than yes. watching the video. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, no. I, I suppose that's where it comes in. I'm panicking about how quick I need to do work. So I'm constantly up and down all over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, buying second phones so that I, I know my customers can get through mm. to me. I pay for a work phone out my own pocket things like that so right. now you mentioned a little while ago we we, we meant we, you know the subject of banter came up and you oh, said yes. you wanted to talk about that mm. um and then what i want to do is after that is lead on to what is, what is being a menable ambassador actually doing for you because I, I i think i know what i've got a feeling what it's doing for you but i want to i want to hear you say it so what firstly though tell me a bit more about this banter and sort of what your view is on that because that's that's fairly prolific across our industry, isn't it? It is, yes. Um, I think a little bit less so these days than when I was doing it. I know it's only 13 years ago, uh, mm-hmm. which makes me feel old. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, when I was 16, 17, you know, you, you're the apprentice. You're, you're, the, you're the bitch, basically. You, you are getting it for everything. You are making teas, you're cleaning. But at the same time, you're the subject of a lot of pranks, we probably I should just say that that word you've used is 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 a term of affection. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> term of endearment, not a uh, derogatory term to be used uh, in any other way. No, no, absolutely, no, no, absolutely no. not. No, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, it's the Yorkshire coming out. I warned you. Um, so, <laughs> hey, oh, uh, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> ah. um, so yeah, pranks would include such as. Um, you'd just be randomly minding your own business and slapped across the face with CV boot grease um, or uh, brushed through the overalls sent up on a ramp. I was once put in a cardboard box that was filled with water. I mean, obviously didn't get very far. It's cardboard. Um, locked in the back of a dog kennel um, in the back of a transit van. Uh, dragged across the floor by my nostrils was a personal favourite just after I had an operation on my nose. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just to name a few. I couldn't possibly remember them all because A, there were that many and B, I've blocked a lot of them out. But that continues more recently. Um, I'll not name any names or when or where um, because I have worked somewhere else before in between. Um, So I was, um, yeah, so I I get a lot of banter. I was looking to move towards like a um, workshop control role at some point and uh, what I'd get was people turning my laptop off. Um, and obviously that is a bit funny at first, but then when it's all day, every day for this, for a week, it's, it grates on you. Mm. And you want, you know, you're trying to work, you're getting past the point of being 16, you're now in your tw- late 20s, you're wanting to work and do right. Naturally, because of the type of guy I am, I retaliated. So the guys were all sat having lunch and uh, I took the jet wash to them all. You know, a bit of water, harmless fun. 
Um, I got dragged onto the floor and pummeled on the floor. You know, I deserve that. I, I hold my hands up. I accepted that. I'm, I'm okay with that. Later on, um, they thought it'd be funny to then do the same again, which again, whatever. I'd not really done out to deserve it this time. Um, so I was like, all right, this is going a bit far now. What they decided to do, which is apparently a thing that they do to a lot of the guys in the workshop, was to rip your pants off while you're still wearing them. Was not okay. I didn't. I was not happy with that at all. It was the one. I, I knew it had been going off, um, and it was the one line I drew. I said, "Look, I'm fine with anything. You can put me on floor and three, four of you gang up and just give me a dead arm and dead leg. Whatever. I'm fine with that. It, it, it's funny as long as it's not all the time." But you're not ripping my pants off while I'm wearing them. That that is a big no. Um, and they did it, and obviously I, I I got Mardi. You know, I threatened to go to HR, and they immediately then then I'm the bad person. Um, but no, it's like again, this goes back to when you're a kid. It's funny. It's childish behaviour. You know, if you're all for it, you're all for it. But if you're drawing a line, you need to honour that line. Like, I'm okay with banter. Anyone can say anything to me. They can take Mick in any way, shape or form they want, whatever that may be. I'm sure you can imagine the sort of stuff that gets said in a workshop. But if I'm drawing a line, that is it. That 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 is it, you know? It's not okay to go past that line. As soon as someone stops laughing, it's, it's bullying, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think actually it's a very fine line anyway, whether that person's... <clears throat> you know, laughing or not. I mean, and it's, uh, you know, in, in the world that we're living in now, it's it's become very sort of evident that the type of stuff that you've described, I'm sure we've got people listening who are absolutely cringing. Oh, I even oh, I'm yeah. sitting here going, oh my, seriously? Yeah, as if he's going through that. But again... And this um, is fairly recent you're talking about, isn't it? This isn't... It is. It is fairly recent, yeah. So, mm. I mean, like I say, it's I'm okay with the other bit. I'm mm. explicitly okay with it. It's not like I'm just saying it to be all right. I'm... I'm actually all for it. If we all find it funny and we're all joining in, then it's it's lads being lads. Mm. But it's people have got to know where the boundaries are. And if someone has explicitly stated a boundary, you definitely shouldn't cross it. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's my view on it. Again, again, I, I wouldn't consider the, la- the the before bit bullying because I was okay with it. It, it we were all doing it. it it's it, it didn't affect me in any way, shape, or form. Mm. But it was the after bit that got me. So how prolific across our industry do you think that sort of behaviour actually is then? I mean, you'd like to think, you know, you work for a large PLC now. You'd like to think that's mm. fairly minimal. You would like to think that, wouldn't you? But knowing what I know, being on the bottom end of this and not talking to your big wigs up top, I reckon it'll go off in every single workshop. Right. We are, we are a doubt. There's no to way. To some degree or other. Yeah, Absolutely. There's no way it doesn't. Mm. You know, I think wow. it would be naive to think that, you know, one place is the only place it goes on. Like, mm. like it, it might not go to whatever extreme, but it, you know what I mean. So the point is then from, you know, from our perspective in terms of Menable, you know, we're all about awareness, education and prevention. Mm. Now, you said that there was somebody in your business that took their own life. Yes. You know, what, what we have no idea or knowledge of is that what, part some of that in his past might have played Mm. you know that's true and the the truth is the guy was quite quiet kept himself Mm -hmm. to himself and he especially apparently i I was off on furlough um in the november 
mm. which is when it happened. Um, and apparently in the couple of weeks leading up to it, it was just really kept himself to himself. But mm. um, he hadn't kept, he'd it, it, sort of like booked a holiday um, and things like that for his 50th. Because I, th- I think it was, um, oh, it was this year, this year he turned 50. Mm. or he would have turned 50. Uh, he'd, he'd booked to go away, uh, a big expensive holiday. But honestly, you, you, you just talk to the guy, you, you wouldn't know. Uh, so assuming that there was, that you know, let's assume that there was absolutely no connection mm. there whatsoever. The problem that I, I have is that what you've just described is an environment where how is that person going to feel comfortable stepping forward and talking to his colleagues yeah. About what's going on in his mind. Do you see where I'm going with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Because as soon as, as soon as you do, you're ridiculed. As soon as you do, you, you know, you're putting a cardboard box and that's filled with water and actually mm. in the back of your mind, you're, you know, you're at a, you're at an eight out of 10 on a, on a scale of 10, you know, yeah. where eight, nine and 10 is not good. Yeah. 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 It, it, you know, at, at the same time though, some of these people, the same people, you can have a very serious conversation with. Mm. I know that if I went to these people and said, look, I'm not feeling right. Um, have you got a minute? They, they probably would chat. Yeah. Which is, a, which is a weird thing, you know? It's like, you know, two very different personalities. It's like a lads, lads, lads personality and then a quite serious one. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly the point. That's exactly mm. the point, isn't it? But, you know, that takes a, a confident sort of person like you or me to step forward and go, you know, guys, enough with the banter for for a minute. Can we just, you know, yeah, I need to talk to you about something serious. You know, yeah, uh, but not everyone's going to do that, are they? And that's and that's what we're trying to do, isn't it? Is in raising awareness and education that goes. You know, it's so all very well having banter, but you need to have someone's back at the same time. Yeah, yeah, so, and that needs to start at the top, really, doesn't it? It certainly does. It certainly does. Um, so I said to you at the beginning of, of that that I wanted to. I'm intrigued to know what it is that drew you to men able and you know what in the in the time that you've been with us you know you clearly uh, you don't hold back in in posting and commenting which is brilliant yeah. um so what are you getting out of being an ambassador for men able then what's it doing for you personally it's just that raising awareness um because again i've suffered with my own mental health um and anyone that knows me would think that i'm the happy happy chappy generally uh, other than the odd break i'm not gonna lie i do have a bit of a mental meltdown um but it's making people aware that they can come and talk to me mm-hmm. um I, I can be serious as well mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just everyone's got these issues you really don't know about yeah absolutely you don't know what's going on in people's lives what, what yeah. they're suffering with because they've put on a front it's all acting yeah so everyone uh- does and the good news is that you've opened the door for us to go and have a chat with your bosses. Uh, yes. You know, they're open to that. So, you know, that that says that you are working in an environment where, you know, we know there's got to be a lot of change across the industry, but at least yeah. you're working in a business that's, that is taking this stuff seriously. Yeah, absolutely. You know, listening to its people. So, yeah, which is great. All right. So what's, uh, what's next then for you then, James, you know, either as a, uh, well, or more importantly in your <laughs> in your career because that's the bit that pays the mortgage well yeah that's it fresh mortgage at that i've been in four yeah. months hey i know i know yeah you were, you were telling me about that last time so yeah well yeah. done so um yeah obviously i, I just want to further in any way i can be that mm-hmm. um where i'm at or with enable i just 
whichever i just want to get higher and higher basically mm-hmm. look at everyone else uh, down below going hey and you know <laughs> but, um, i yeah. told you <laughs> <laughs> but as well i think little man syndrome i'm five foot five you can't tell on camera but i'm really really small so i need to look down on people oh, yeah, i never knew that because i think when, when i when i met you in daventry you must have been sat down or you, know, I will you, been, look, yeah. you look quite stocky on camera, so I wouldn't have had you down as five five. Oh, I'm, I'm massive from the uh, waist up. That's it. You know, <laughs> built like a oh, brick house. I wonder where you're going with that for a minute. Steady <laughs> 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 boy. Um, <laughs> but no, I've got I've got a really big body, really tiny little legs. I'm like Johnny Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> like Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Wish I would. Just stretch me out just a couple of inches. I'll be happy five foot eight. I'll be happy. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm about five foot eight. It's okay. It's all right. It's not a bad height to be. Yeah, no, no, I, I get you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> all right, nice one. Well, James, look, it's an absolute pleasure having you in the team as an ambassador. Uh, I know that uh, I, you know, can say publicly that the management team of Menable uh, and the other ambassadors hold you in massively high regard. You know, we talked oh, about you. that off camera before, and your posts and comments and sharing of stuff is is always of great value. And uh, and when we have Menable uh, ambassador updates and, and sessions you know you always participate in those yeah uh, very frankly and very openly as well so anything i can do to help no you're a top man thank you very much and what would you say to anyone who might be considering becoming an ambassador because that's the next bit isn't it it's to grow the team what do well, you yeah think? um anyone can get on board i mean all you've got to do is just spread the message um now another analogy for you i think menable is a bit like the story of sisyphus if you know it the greek mythology uh, here we go here we go bit of education wow. for you so sisyphus was cursed by zeus to push a boulder uphill all the time for all of eternity but no matter what he did when the uh, boulder got to the top it fell down so if you think uh, of the menable cause like that boulder mm-hmm. and we're pushing it up to top management and shit rolls downhill we need to get it up to the top and just let it fall and just take out everyone on the way down wow okay and the, and the point is that that we're we're going to push that up, but we need more people with us. We need pushing. more people pushing. Yeah, nice analogy. I like it. And what was that guy's name? Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Right. Okay. Dangerously go. close to an unpleasant illness, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> never right. the Greeks. Yeah. <laughs> Greek mythology. Greek myth- Yeah. Yeah. That, absolutely. In these days of absolute correctness. Yeah. Totally with you, James. You are a star. Uh, we think you're great thank you so much for being with us and for sharing so openly today on uh, Manable Matters have you enjoyed being on the podcast absolutely absolutely do it again at some point yeah James part two yeah absolutely gotta be done (laughs) (laughs) All right. but for now thank you very much take care see you later cheers you've been listening to Manable Matters the podcast brought to you by the Manable movement if you'd like to get involved join us at menable.org or follow the hashtag Enable. Join us again for another podcast where we'll talk to more fantastic guests and get their hints, tips and insights to their personal stories too. See you again soon.